cliffcentral.com We're going to cry, laugh and love. And we're going to do it together. The Life with Libang podcast. Hello, hello. It's another day to hang out. It's another day to connect. And it's another opportunity for us to become one. Isn't that right? This is Life with Lebang, courtesy of cliffcentral.com. My name is Lebang Khosana, and I am so honored to be sitting here right now and chatting and really sharing, getting to know you. And hopefully you will get to know me as well. On this journey called life, right? We do this every single week. We unwind, we relax, and we really touch on some, you know, some interesting things. Some of them may be harder than others, but mainly the whole idea is for us to connect, right? So thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. As always, it is a pleasure to serve you for the next hour and to connect with you. So wherever you are, whatever time it is, however you're feeling right now, I can only hope that after you've listened to this, you'll feel better and maybe you'll have a smile on your face and maybe you'll be encouraged to do something good today. Go out there and make the world a better place, right? So last week we had started some sort of a series around toxic relationships and as well as how intense toxic relationships can get. And we really unpacked quite in detail the abuse Side of toxic relationships And these are obviously in the form of friendships These are in the form of You know, work relations Not just romantically But just generally From people to people And how people relate to one another And it was quite sad for me To to sit and really uh, And share with you how How difficult it is for me to watch so many guys who I love uh, Be in emotionally abusive relationships Because they still are in these relationships But I, you know, sometimes you need to remove yourself From situations that you cannot control And just hope for the best But just to give you a quick update Things have not gotten better, unfortunately I wish I could sit here and say otherwise But um, the very same Men in my life who I grew up with and I revere so much and love and respect and, you know, I, I model how I raise my sons around them are still in these, um, abusive relationships and are seemingly just struggling to leave, right? And that's something that I just want us to touch on a little bit today is really Why it's so hard to leave an abusive relationship Because we hear a lot of stories And we hear a lot of different opinions And people's all uh, different experiences And one that's sticking up in my mind now um, Is just from a couple of weeks ago When I was having a conversation with uh, a group of activists Who in the township of Daviton Have a, a group where they, you know, as friends Just come together and, you know and help the community and especially like women who are in abusive relationships and whose husbands physically and emotionally abuse them. And it's almost like there's this cycle where on Friday, cause most of the, uh, most of the men get paid weekly if they're in construction work and things like that. So the men will get paid on Friday after they get paid, they go straight to the bottle. They, you know, go straight to the tavern and they drink, drink, drink. Once they come home from drinking, now they are drunk and they want to abuse their family. So they abuse their wives, they abuse their kids, so on and so forth. 
and this goes on most of the weekend. And then the the woman slash wife will go and take out a um a case. She will go to the police station and get her husband locked up and say, no, he abused me, blah, blah, blah. I don't want anything to do with him. And most times the police will get him arrested. But when it's time for this case to go to court, it's always the women that are saying, never mind, you don't need to arrest him anymore. Or they'll get the case removed. And it was so sad to sit and... And hear these stories and these different experiences from these women who are seeing this firsthand where they're saying it is a pattern where you will get your abuser arrested or you will punish your abuser in whatever way, shape and form. And then you'll just remove it as though it's fine. Life can just go back to normal. Just hope that he learned his lesson. So there's a lot that goes into going back to your abuser. I almost am tempted to say Stockholm Syndrome uh, to a certain extent, right? Where you get kidnapped by someone and you end up just like t- falling for your kidnapper or like just being comfortable with it because it becomes a norm. So today I just want to speak a little bit to to that fact and to that matter, which is leaving an abusive relationship and the reasons why. It's difficult to leave an abusive relationship. Now, I'm somebody who's currently on the outside. So I'm not in an abusive relationship. I've been in one before. Luckily, by God's grace, I was able to up and leave. But now I'm on the outside looking into other people's abusive relationships. And I'm like, damn, why don't they just go? Just pack pack your bags and leave. Just exit. Run for the hills. I'm wondering what's taking these people so long to just go because they are not in places where they're valued, nor loved, nor respected. Why do they keep doing this to themselves? And then I started doing a little bit of research on this because I remember when I was in an abusive relationship and I also remember not just leaving. It wasn't that easy. I didn't just say, yeah, everybody around me, you're all right. Let me pack my bags and go. It was a process that I needed to go through myself for me to eventually leave. And so let's chat a little bit about this because there's maybe somebody in your life right now that could possibly be in a, in an emotionally or even a physically abusive relationship and you desperately want to help them. I could even be speaking directly to you. You could be in an emotionally or physically abusive relationship and you don't know how to leave. Whatever the case is, I just hope that you can learn something today, right? That's what we do here in Life with LeBang. <laughs> it's class. We're teaching each other things from life experiences, of course. So it's quite obvious that society has normalized unhealthy behavior in relationships, right? So people may not even understand that their relationship is abusive in any way at all. If you go on any social media platform, you know, when conversations around relationships are happening, it's always almost siding to this is cool and this is fashion and this is actually this these are the 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 processes that go into relationships so it's okay it's normal for couples to fight is a thing that i hear often of which i agree with but there's also a line as well i i think there shouldn't be a full stop at the end of that sentence there should be a comma which says it's normal for couples to fight comma but not to the point where they want to slit each other's throats Right? We, we need to fight and have a disagreement so that we can learn to come to agreements and figure things out and be able to express ourselves. Not so that we want to hurt each other. 
when you think about the concept of cheating, another hot topic, an eternal hot topic. For whatever reason, I don't know why, but it's almost like society has made it cool. Like, ooh, that person's hooking up with that person. Ooh, this hookup mentality. And we cannot continue to normalize that sort of behavior. So when somebody's in a relationship with the person that keeps hurting them, whether they get cheated on constantly, whether they get uh, emotionally abused constantly, you won't really be able to identify that this is what I'm going through. Why? Because society has normalized this stuff. When you think that unhealthy or, or abusive relationships are normal, it's hard for you to identify that your relationship is abusive. And therefore, you won't really seek any reason to leave. You'll tell yourself, no, this happens with other couples all the time. No, sweetie, it doesn't. When you're getting abused by a certain friend or a number of friends, you'll tell yourself, no, well, I've known this person for so long, so it's okay. They've been treating me like this. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. Number two, emotional abuse destroys your self-esteem. So it'll almost make it feel impossible to start afresh. Now, this one is so, so true because it's very easy to fall into this trap of comfort when you've been doing the same thing over and over again for months, for years. It becomes your benchmark. It becomes what you become good at because it's what you know. And when you attach certain people to those feelings and those actions or those activities, it's almost like a two for one. You almost can't picture doing anything brand new, starting afresh. Where are you going to find somebody that's going to start from the bottom with you? Because yeah, the, I, the thought of it is like, oh, you know what? We've been doing this for so long. We may as well just stick it out. That's such a dangerous thought. You can always start again for as long as you're breathing. You can always start afresh and there's no shame in starting afresh. Oftentimes people in emotionally abusive relationships may not understand that they're being abused, right? Because sometimes there's no violence involved, particularly for emotional abuse. Also, many will dismiss or downplay that emotional abuse because they don't think it's as bad as physical abuse. That's another problem is when we say, yeah, well, there's no evidence, there's no bruises and there's no scars. You can't see with your eyes. You can't see the the pain, right? But you can feel it. And how do you, ex- how do you tell someone that emotionally I'm being drained? Emotionally, the life is being sucked out of me. Most people won't believe you because it's easy to, easy to cover those things up, right? It's hard for those in abusive relationships to leave their partners after they've continuously been made to feel worthless and like there's no better option for themselves. And it goes back to what I said last week. Isolation. Your abusers will try to isolate the crap out of you just so that they can control you and keep you as a punching bag. Number three is that there's the cycle of abuse, like that there's this ongoing thing after every abusive inf- incident comes a makeup honeymoon phase oh my word <laughs> i'm gonna say that one again because i've seen this firsthand the cycle of abuse right after every abusive incident comes a makeup honeymoon phase so often when an abusive situation happens it's followed by the abuser doing something nice or apologizing or my favorite promising that they'll never do it again This makes their partner minimize the original abusive behavior. My goodness. How true is this? How many times 
have we seen this in real life, in movies even, where where the husband will do something wrong, crazy, hurtful, and the wife will threaten to leave with the kids. And the very next day, she's got a brand new shiny car in the driveway. Or the very next day, she's gone on a shopping spree because, you know, this is the husband's way of saying sorry. Or friendships that fall. And there's now an argument between two friends. And then the next day, it's like, oh, let me take out for lunch. And you go out with this friend for lunch and you guys just carry on with life. It's so sad. It is so very sad. And the key word here is the word cycle because it's ongoing. It goes on and on and on and on. It becomes a pattern. And once your abuser knows how to get you in the cycle, then it's it's a wrap for you. They know that ah, I can mess up with this person. I know all I need to do is just give them this much money. They'll be fine. Ah, it's fine. I know what this person will need. I just need to take them on a holiday. They'll be fine. And there's some people that think like that. There's people that abuse you in this way. So be careful of the cycle of abuse. Be careful of what you allow to get done. Number four, it's dangerous to leave. Hey, like very dangerous. Many times leaving an abusive relationship is not only like emotionally difficult, but can be life-threatening. In fact, the most dangerous time in an abusive relationship is post-breakup. Now, we live in South Africa. We know how high the GBV rates are. Women are 70 times more likely to be killed in the weeks after leaving their abusive partner than at any other time during their relationship. So it almost sounds like there's, there's like no, there's no way out, right? Because you stay, you might die. Whether it's physically like you die or like your soul just gets sucked out of you from the inside out. Or you go and then there's, there's a chance of you leaving. So there's a lot of fear that's involved in this process of leaving. And most of the times, if you, you're in an abusive relationship and you're getting abused, this is what you're telling yourself. Like, I can't go. If I go, this and that would happen, will happen. I'm better off staying. Which is very sad. Because you need to take control of your life. And if you're already at the point where you're considering leaving, then it means you're, you've mentally already clocked out of that relationship. Mentally, you have already clocked out and you are no longer there. You're just a vessel. Just floating around whatever's left of that situation. Some friendships end way before people stop talking to each other. Way before. Mentally, people have already clocked out of certain situations, but they just like linger around in hopes that they don't have to be the one to really call it what it is. But sometimes it's best to just call that spade a spade, right? Number five, it's not just hard to break up safely. It's also hard to escape the cycle of control. Now, this one is a very, very important one because again, it's all in the mind, right? If somebody can cripple your mind, they can control you. And that's what abuse is. Abuse is ultimately crippling the abuse, the abusee, the victim in this case. People in abusive relationships often attempt to break up with their partners several times before the breakup actually sticks. How many times have you gotten into a fight with a partner, a friend, a colleague, or someone and then you you just keep making up. And that's cool because, you know, forgiveness or whatever the case is or you want to keep trying. As uh, our mothers and fathers would say, you got to keep trying. You can't just walk away at the first point. 
On average, a person in an abusive relationship will attempt to leave seven times before finally leaving for good. They often attempt to break up with their partner until seven times before it sticks. On average, a person in an abusive relationship will attempt to leave seven times. I feel like that's insane. Seven times. It's over. One. It's over. Two. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Seven times. That's when you're ready. And I've, I've seen this happen. So it's a real thing. Again, if you're already having thoughts about leaving a, a situation, you've already left. You just don't know it yet. Number six, society perpetuates a ride or die mindset. Yo, I cannot stress this one enough. This one is, it's, it's hectic because it's a ride or die mindset. It's a Bob the Builder mindset. It's a, you know, it's I'll take any nonsense mindset, which once again are all things that have a full stop. These are things that need commas because they need explaining. You know, you don't want to be this ride or die and, you know, be this girl that just does everything for your man and, you know, whatever he goes through, I'm there with him and blah, blah, blah. We'll be in this for e- together forever while he is abusing you. That's not worth being a ride or die for. Being a ride or die is having the ability to see greatness in a person and sticking by their side as they develop that greatness and they get to that greatness. But that can happen while you're also developing your greatness. It's not like you must now give up everything for their greatness. So it's very layered. But people in unhealthy or abusive relationships might stay with their partner to get back together after a breakup because they feel pressure to not give up. You know, they feel pressure to forgive and forget or to ride it out. You know, pop culture really does glamorize being like a ride or die for your friends and your partner, making people out to be in the wrong for leaving their partner. While being loyal is a great thing, a good friend or partner would never endanger or hurt you. Please don't, don't be fooled. Our mothers and our fathers and the generations before us really did suffer at the hand of certain terms, especially like, particularly our mothers. They would stay in these relationships with our fathers, these relationships that were not good for them. But because, you know, forgive and forget and like, no, for the kids and no, it was a mistake. It's only a mistake if you do it like the first time and like, then you learn from the lesson. If you keep doing it, it's no longer a mistake. Now you've just figured out how to play with this person. And so again, if you've been listening to, to Life with Lebang for a while, you'll know that I'm very big on unlearning certain things. You'll know how important that is to me. And so I would hate for the cycle to keep going. I would hate for my daughters to one day say to me, Oh no, mom, you see, I, I saw your strength and the way that you just kept fighting for your relationship and everything that happened and you just stuck around. So I'm going to do the same with my husband. No, 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 no. I can't be that example for my daughter. And I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, run for the hills at first sight. But if it ever, if any human tries to endanger my life under the false pretense of love, I have to exit. Whether they're family or friends, I have to exit because I need my daughters to see that they are allowed to fight for themselves and that they must always fight for themselves. So please, this ride it out thing, this Bob the Builder mentality of, you know, meeting a person and sticking around and building them. No, 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 no,
No. You are not building anyone. You are not responsible for building anyone unless it's your own child. There's not a single person on this earth that you owe anything to except for yourself. You owe it to yourself to build yourself. You owe it to yourself to rescue yourself. You owe it to yourself to save yourself. That's all. Fight for your own life. Do not get distracted by other people's needs, feelings, energies. Nah. And people will always come at you with that. Like if you have a goal, and that's why it's so important to even have a goal, because having a goal will give you a sense of direction. If you don't have a goal, you'll meet somebody who's got many goals, and suddenly their goals will become your priority, because now you've got something to work towards. Have your own goals. Have your own things going on. Otherwise, it'll be easy for you to get distracted by what other people want to do with their lives. And you'll just jump on what they're doing and just help them out. Not seeing that you're losing yourself and you're losing sight of what you need to do and who you really are. And sadly, one day, end up in an emotionally or physically abusive relationship. And I don't want that for you. And I promise you, you don't want that for you either. Number seven. (laughs) People that are in emotionally abusive relationships feel personally responsible for their partner or their behavior. Now, you'll usually see this kind of um, thing like after a conflict when an abuser will turn the situation around and make their partner feel guilty or as though they are somehow at fault. This type of behavior is known as drumroll gaslighting. Ho. Oh. The worst. We actually spoke a little bit about gaslighting the other day um, with Gareth and Mbulelo. And the actual term gaslighting, from what I remember from that conversation, and Gareth said it so beautifully, was um, it was about how a husband and a wife are in a room and the husband keeps turning the lights down. So the room's getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And every time the wife says, why does it look like these lights are... Are getting darker. Is it me or these lights getting? The husband's like, no, 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 definitely not. It's that's not what's happening, you know. But the husband himself is the person that's making these lights dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And you know, as a result, the wife is like, ultimately just distracted, is falling all over the place because she can't see anymore. She just believes anything that her husband said says in that moment, not realizing that yes, actually, the room is getting darker, but the person that's doing that is your husband. So gaslighting is ultimately just, I would say, just a den of lies, of lies with intent to hurt. It's like a rotten hype man. It's a person that's just going to lead it's lead you into like the darkness ultimately. Like, yeah, th- go left. I promise you, if you go left, you're going to see this and you're going to see that and there's going to be this. And then you're like, okay, okay, cool. Let me go. Vrr, you end up over a cliff. That's gaslighting. And guess who knows how to gaslight the best? It's ultimately the people closest to you. If they want to gaslight you, they will because they know you. So now imagine if you're in an abusive relationship. Do you think... There's going to be any opportunity past to light some of that gas. Oh, no, no, no. You're going to get gaslit from here to Timbuktu, honey. And it's not going to be cool because you're going to start feeling bad. And you're going to start feeling like something's wrong with you. And that maybe it is my fault. 
Maybe I am doing something in this relationship or maybe I'm not doing enough in this relationship. Whereas you are doing all the work. And when you do all the work, it's tiring. Do you remember doing group work in varsity? It's called group work for a reason. So even a relationship, it's a form of, it's group work. It's two people. It's it's a duo. But if only one person is doing the work, then the project is going to suffer. It's going to struggle because the other person isn't coming to the party. And so stay clear of gaslighting. Stay clear of being made to feel guilty when you did absolutely nothing wrong. It's not you, it's them. I promise you. Number eight, they believe that if they stick it out, things might change. And I'm not mad at this. I'm not upset at this because I'm a big forgiver. It's my motto. I, If you screw me over, I promise you I'll eventually forgive you. I'll probably just need a little bit of time to get over it. But I will definitely forgive you because I want peace. Me and myself as Ulibang, I hunger for peace. So I'll always forgive you. Whether I'll forget or not, hey, that's another thing. But I'll never hold things against you, even things that you've done to hurt me personally. I don't have any single person on this planet that I hate. There's not a single person I hate because I just forgive. And it's better for me so I can move on with my life. But again, it's another thing that needs a comma because sometimes you'll put hope and faith in things that just simply aren't there. A lot of people in abusive relationships stay in them because they love their partner and they think that things will change. They might also believe that their partner's behavior is due to tough times or feel as though they can change their partner. You see, Bob the Builder. And think that if they're a better partner themselves, maybe their partner will get better. Never stay in a relationship where you count on someone to change their behavior for the better. Once a person shows you who they are, please believe them. Write this down. Once a person shows you who they are, believe them. You cannot expect a person to change their behavior if they do not want to. And it's very possible to change. I I believe that people can change. Comma. If they want to, people aren't going to change because other people are making them. That's just simply not going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, you can forget it. If somebody doesn't want to change, they won't. So if you are saying, oh, no, it's just things are a bit rough right now. She's going through a lot. That's the reason why she emotionally abuses me. Oh, no, you know, Cindy, she'll be fine. It's that time of year. Things are a bit rough right now. It'll get better. It becomes like a song. That you now just have on repeat For 7 years, 8 years, 9 years, 20 years You're singing the song That oh, it'll get better When will it get better? When you're in a coffin When you can't fight for yourself anymore When somebody shows you who they are Believe them If they show you that they are willing to change Hold them to that Let's see their actions Actions speak volumes Your actions are so loud that I can't even hear your words anymore. I can't hear jack shit because all I'm hearing is blah, 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 blah. What I'm seeing is nonsense and that doesn't match. So stop talking and start doing. As somebody who is in an emotionally abusive relationship, start 
looking at the, the way this person behaves and stop listening to them. Because they will keep talking and they'll keep saying and they'll keep promising and they'll keep empty promising until you'll start to feel like maybe this is your fault. And that in itself is a form of abuse. And I don't want that for anyone, (laughs) right? (laughs) We don't want that for anyone. That's why we're talking about this because it happens. Number nine, there is a social pressure to be in a perfect relationship. This one's extremely sad. And I have to put most of it on social media because we spend so much time online looking at other people's lives, looking at other people's relationships, friendships, forgetting that really that's just the little bit that we're shown. People will never show you a hundred percent like lens into their full lives from A to Z. They'll nitpick what they want you to see. They'll nitpick and say, hey, let me only show you guys the good times. I'm not going to sit here and record myself having in the middle of an argument with my friend. And then I'm going to post a video of that argument. No. Because I, I, really, I want likes. That's not a likable thing. What are the kind of things that are going to get me likes? Good vibes, good energy. So let me post a video of me having a good time with my friends. Let me do that rather. But the fights, I'm not going to show you. I'm not going to show you the work that goes into getting us to that good place. I'm only going to show you the results. And that is the issue with believing that number one, perfect relationships even exist because they simply do not. We grew up watching a lot of movies where, especially these romance movies, you know, there's a couple and the couple will, you know, girl meets guy, girl next door kind of thing. You know, guy sees girl. Ooh, they lock eyes. They fall in love. Ooh, it's such a fairy tale. And then at some point, there's like a breaking point in their, in their honeymoon of a relationship. Something happens and they have their first big fight and they have their fight and then they separate or whatever the case is. And the guy will try to get girl back or whatever the case is. Girl's too upset. Eventually they make up again, right? The movie will never have a bad ending. The movie will always have a happy ending because that's what movies are for. Well, besides Avengers, (laughs) most movies are for good endings. Like you need to see that things do work out in the end and you know, love lives here and all of that nice gooey stuff, which is fine. But the reality is that that situation where guy and girl end up fighting and they separated for a while or they go on, go on and do their own thing. That is the realest part in the movie. For me, that's the closest reflection to what real life is. The, the downs. The movie will be 80% up and 20% downers. It should really be the opposite. Showing you that there's more, there's tough times. Showing you what happens after the tough times. You always, you get through it if you fight the right way. If you stick it out, you'll get through it. There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. A lot of these relationships that we're seeing on social media, the things that we are not seeing is what will truly scare you. And this is, these are, these are some of the things that are also in our institutions. I'm reading a book right now about a lovely young lady who was in a church for many, many years and was married to one of the guys in her church for many, many years. And, you know, every Sunday when they went to church, they were the perfect couple. Perfect couple. 
loving, laughing, hand in hand, blah, blah, blah. Everybody in the church wanted to be like them because they portrayed this perfect union of man and woman. And in this book, this lady writes that the minute they got in the car and they drove away from the church, all of that would fall away. And she'd go home for six days a week and she'd be stuck with this abusive monster who would just be sucking the life out of her. But oh, come Sunday, it's time to put on the perfect family face. And they did that for years until she had to check herself into a psychiatric establishment, an organization, because she was dying from the inside out. Now, this is just one story that I'm lucky enough to be reading. This happens all the time. This happens all the time. Do not feel this pressure to be in a perfect relationship, my dear. It does not exist. Some cultures and social media only accentuate that pressure. Some cultures, it, it be your own. You know when they say it be your own? It be your own family members, bruh. It be your own family. It be your own cultures. It be your own traditions. That will tell you, know, this is the kind of uh, woman that you want to marry. Go for her because, you know, she's from this type of family. You'll tell yourself, I'd cool bit. And you'll end up with this person and you'll end up alone. You're in a relationship, but you're alone, which is also a very real and sad reality for many. One of my... Friends, who I also spoke of last week, who's a guy who's currently in an emotionally abusive relationship, has put on this beautiful, beautiful Instagram page. Oh, I don't want to lie to you guys. It's beautiful. They look so happy. They're smiling all the time. There's photo shoots that get done. These people go on holidays Every single week to create content, to smile, all of that. And it looks amazing. But I know that none of it is real. Because my friend will be calling me at midnight in tears. Saying he can't do this anymore. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He's trapped. He feels trapped. Etc, etc, etc. So don't believe everything that you see online, especially when it comes to relationships. People will only show you what they want to see, that they want you to see. People aren't going to show you the other stuff, the real stuff, the life stuff. They'll rather put on that picture of perfection. And that's life, right? There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. Number 10. People that are in abusive relationships usually have a deep fear of how others will react. And I mean, that one makes total sense. You know, cause think about it. You know, you've met somebody, you've built a life with them, or you've, you've got this friend that you've been friends with for years. You've been fighting for this friendship. And then now it's like you kind of have to let go of that. It's a bit embarrassing to admit to yourself and to that partner, even or even to your friends and the ones around you that, Hey, this actually just didn't work out. You know, you fear being judged, you fear being blamed, marginalized, pitied or looked down on. And this is a reality. So you'd rather just stick around. 
What will people say? What are people going to say if I leave this relationship? What are people going to say if I end this friendship? We're so concerned. But there's a big fear rather. Rather than a concern, it's a fear of how others will react. Not realizing that there's a cost. There's an expense. The expense here is you. The cost is your health and your feelings and your safety. If you stay in this relationship slash friendship. Honestly, fuck what other people are going to say. Screw that. It doesn't matter what people are going to say. Because at the end of the day, at least you're still alive. At least you fought for your health and you fought for your sanity. Your mental fucking sanity. But all you're concerned about is, oh no, people are going to think I'm this. People are going to say I'm that. Hey man, what you eat doesn't make those people shit. What you drink does not make those people piss. Like you're robbing yourself of real life by being concerned about other people's thoughts. And this is something I'm very passionate about because I see great people lose themselves at the idea of, oh, what are people going to say? Oh, but if I do this, people are going to, but yo, I'm going to get blamed for the, nah, pack your bags and go. If you look at the LGBTQIA community, you know, some people literally just stay in those relationships and stay with their partners for fear of being outed. And that's obviously a conversation for another day. But it's it's equally an important conversation. You cannot stay in situations just for the sake of it. You cannot stay for the kids. You cannot stay for your parents. You cannot stay for the fact that Lobola has been paid. You cannot stay for the fact that you've known each other for 20, 25 odd years and this is just what you guys do. No. Fight for yourself. Fight for your peace. Because you are all you've got. Stop giving other people the power where ultimately it's not theirs to have. You're selling yourself short of a real life. And the last one that I'm going to share with you today, and also quite an important one, quite a a deep one, is ultimately on a more human level, is that you share a life with this person. There was once a time where... This person made so much sense to you, right? Maybe in the beginning of the relationship or the beginning of the friendship. You guys chose each other. You identified each other out of many, many other people. And you said there's something about this person. There was probably a time when you were a lot happier with this person. Before things just changed. Excuse me. There was definitely a time where things were good. And when things are good... You don't see anything wrong. You don't see anything wrong. You share your life with this person. You do everything with this person. It's almost like you become one. Marriage, children, shared finances. These are often huge reasons that people in abusive relationships stay in them. This dependency is heightened in relationships where one partner is differently abled. So if, for example, there is, and really this is exactly what I'm witnessing, where this woman is from a very, very rich family and she can supply anything 
for her partner. Anything, whatever he wants, he'll get it. And she kind of uses that against him. After they've had a fight, she'll buy him things. After she's verbally abused him for days on end, now she'll feel bad. She will buy him a brand new cell phone. She will take them out for dinner. She will take them on holiday. She'll do all these like large elaborate things that are part of that cycle we spoke about earlier. But beyond that, it's, it's this dependency that now she's creating where he knows that if anything goes wrong or, you know, he can always just ask her and she'll just sort it out. And it's dangerous because now what if these two people are living together and that's all her furniture. That's her car. That's her this. That's her that. She's in control of everything. And it's harder to walk away from that. I only know one person who was also a guy many, many years ago was in an emotionally abusive relationship for about 10 years. And he was still young. I think he was like 26. His first job got straight out of university, went straight into corporate. And I think he was straight out of high school and just started working. And he was so good at what he did that he just kept getting promoted kept getting promoted he was so good and he was very loyal to like his one girlfriend and i i remember one day he literally just left and he left her with everything he didn't take a drop of furniture from their apartment he left her with the apartment he left the couches he left the bed he left the fridge he left the microwave he literally took the clothes on his back and walked out and never went back and i remember saying wow how did you do that you know, you worked your your ass off to be able to build this life and to create this home for the two of you. Why were you able to just leave your things? And he was like, you know, you get to a point where those things are no longer important. Because in some cases, people use those things as like pawns, right? As like objects that we can fight about or this or that and he was like the only way that he can leave the situation that is sucking the life out of him is if he just walks out and he did and true to form slowly slowly he rebuilt his life every month he'd get a couch the next month he'd buy a mattress the month after that he'd get a microwave eventually got himself a fridge so slowly slowly he pieced his life together and not a lot of people have the courage to do that because again you you're sharing a life with this person it's hard to just up and go and you're allowed to have the time that it takes for you to eventually the seventh time to get to the actual place of leaving. You are allowed that time. Just hope you don't get killed while you're waiting. Just hope your soul doesn't get even more sucked while you're waiting. Cause that's the difficult thing. The difficult thing is that it's time that is being spilt. There are also similar factors that affect young people's decisions to stay in relationship, including shared friend groups and living situations. Yeah, the shared friend groups one is real. Because you get some of those couples and some of those friendship groups that are like, you know, we all have the same friends. And you know, when you get into a new relationship, you meet your partner's friends and then they become your friends. and It's now one old big happy family of friendship. But now when you break up with your partner, does that mean you also lose some of those friends that you've made? And if you aren't willing to lose those friends, then chances are you're not willing to leave your partner because you know that you met your friends through that person, especially in this day and age where we depend so much on the currency of how other people view us 
or the affirmation of other people's opinions on us. So your friendship circle plays a huge role, a massive role in your personal life. You're not just going to up and leave your partner if your partner is friends with a certain type of groups of people. By affiliation, that already puts you at a different level. You'll rather stick around and take that abuse if it means you still have access to certain things. And that is so sad. And really, it just pains me that this is what people are currently going through. And so I just hope that today, from what I've shared, we can really take some of these things and apply them in our own lives. Encourage those that we love, whether it's our friends or family, try to encourage them to also see the light and hopefully fight for themselves. I am currently at a crossroads where I'm fighting for my friends. I'm just praying that they can fight for themselves. And I don't know what to do anymore. In these conversations that we have here, this is a form of healing for me because I'm now in the mindset and like I I get where they're coming from. I understand that there's a lot of things that they fear. It just really, really sucks. Yo, it sucks to see it happen. It's almost like, man, you can just like stop them and be like, yo, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Please fight for yourself. But At the same time, there's only so much that you can do. And I just hope that what I've shared today will be enough for you to do something. Keep helping the people around you. Keep fighting for the people around you. Keep fighting for yourself. Don't ever put yourself in a place where you're not wanted, a place where you're not loved. Choose growth. Choose life. If people want to help you, accept that help. Don't, don't think that this is just something that you, you can't, you can do by yourself. No man is an island. No woman is an island. If somebody's offering you help, take it. If you can see that somebody needs help, please offer them help. Rather die trying. Rather. 50 Cent get, said get rich or die trying. I say just fight for your life or die trying. But to not try at all, man, that's pretty lame in my opinion. And there's no room for lameness anymore. Please. We want to be surrounded by greatness. And there's greatness inside of you. You just haven't found it yet. If you haven't. If you found it, good for you. So I hope that the next time we speak about this, it'll be an update on the progress. Perhaps I'm just a bit too married to this and I just need to walk away from seeing people around me being in emotionally abusive relationships. I mean, I can't save everyone. I'm not Captain Save a Whole. I literally cannot save everyone. But if I love you, I will always try my best to protect you and to be there for you and to save you, even if you aren't trying to save yourself. So with that being said, I wish you a beautiful day. I'd like to thank you for tuning into Life with LeBang, courtesy of cliffcentral.com. And till we meet again, which will literally be sooner than you think. Cliffcentral.com